Hello and welcome back to another episode of a WeChat podcast. Today we're not talking about a defeat, we're instead talking about a draw. Yes, we scraped the draw and to dissect that game and also look ahead to the Manchester United game plus some other features I have got alongside me, Seb Ward and Charlie Hatch. Guys, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, another point. We're celebrating points while our competitors are celebrating wins, so happy days. Moral, moral victory, <laughs> Seb. Moral victories. Mm, I'm not sure I'm with you there. <laughs> um, Seb, I, I wasn't completely convinced with your, um, yeah, I'm okay. It was sort of like, yeah, I'm okay, but we could be doing a lot better. That, that's very true, Jack. I mean, <laughs> we, we should be doing a lot better, really. It's not a case of could. Um, but then again, we haven't really got play Like, we've got players who, unless they're playing at their sort of capacity, they're not good enough for this league. And I think that's a, something we'll touch on a lot during this podcast. We need to invest this January, otherwise we will not stay up. And Alex Neal was very refreshing in his post-match interviews on BT Sport. He described the summer transfer window as a failure. Um, and he gave the board a bit of a nudge saying, I need some players in this January to help the squad out because at the moment we're on a downward spiral and although we did scrape the point we came from behind we should have been four five mil down at half time and well out of sight and you know it's the, I think it's the first time we've dropped into the relegation zone having won just one in 12 but the, the performances recently have warranted that much sooner. Yeah, indeed. Um, Charlie, I mean, what did you make of, of Saturday's game, as, as Seb alluded to there, that we could have, quite, it, it's not like an exaggeration, we could have quite easily been 6-0 down at half-time if it wasn't for some heroics from Declan rather than a bit of woodwork here and there and just poor finishing from Everton, really. What did you make I of I think it? after the first half, I was really frustrated, obviously. Um, and it's a weird, you know, it's a weird dilemma because then you've got the second half where I thought for the most part we looked good uh, other than Cameron Jerome, you know, missing the sitter. So I guess it's just frustrating knowing that, okay, we looked all right at the second half, definitely better than the first half. So that was positive. But then you think about it and you're like, all right, well, we can't pick up points. And when you got teams like Bournemouth picking up points, or did, was it, I think Newcastle did well as well. Uh, yeah, they won. Yes, yeah, so when other teams around you, and it's, I guess the biggest complaint that I have is I wish that we were playing so that we wouldn't have to look at other teams around us. So just focus on ourselves. Yeah. Because that's, honestly, that's the best way to do it. Because it's not like we're going to go down if we just stick around looking for everybody else. We play our own game. We don't have to worry about any other fate. Um, yeah, Seb, uh, it's a good point, isn't it, from Charlie, that when you're looking around at other people's results, that's when you know you're not performing to the best of your ability. I kind of want to be Watford this season, a team that are sort of going under the radar, but let's not forget they're like four points off the top six or something like that. They're doing incredibly well. Do you think that when you start looking at other people's results, that's when you need to kick, give you give yourself like a kick up the arse really and, and, and get going again? Well, I think it's sort of an an inevitable reaction to not doing that well. Of course, if you don't do that well, you hope uh, more than anything that other teams don't do too well so that the impact of losing is limited. But yeah, of course, us looking at Bournemouth and thinking, oh, they're getting another result. Newcastle getting a 2-1 last-minute winner against uh, Tottenham. It, it's really frustrating um, because these teams aren't that much better than us and we, we know we can play better. And at the moment... All the luck, all the momentum seems to be going 
to other teams, not because they don't deserve it, they absolutely do, they're playing better football than us and they're, they're winning games because of it, but at the moment we feel like we've, we've lost our identity, our consistency, I think we've, been, we've gone from being an attacking team who can't defend to a, a team who can't really attack but are hard to beat to a team who've forgotten how to play football <laughs> and then forget that the game is of two halves of 45 minutes. I mean, it was another mm. case um, of you know not showing up in the first half and then having to rectify it in the second half. Um, we should have been out of sight, but thankfully we weren't. And Alex Neal again showed what he's made of to kick the players up the arse and get the point in the second half, which if we'd got that from the offset, we could have maybe won the game. If we, if we play like we can against Arsenal in the second half and Everton in the second half across 90 minutes we'd be okay. But at the moment, because the players are limited in their ability, we get these individual mistakes that bring the whole performance down. And Oh, it's just so frustrating, <laughs> isn't it? I mean... Yeah, it is. That that noise sums up our season. Oh, you know, it, it's, it, it's been... Um, I, I don't really want to talk about the, the weekend's game anymore because it seems like we just keep on talking and talking about the same things. Individual mistakes... Um, a lack of real quality on the pitch. So I, I'm, I think I'm going to move this conversation onwards to one, not necessarily what's gone wrong, because I think it's always a bad move to, to dwell, but what we need to do to get out of this rut. Because at the end of the day, we're seeing the same mistakes week in, week out. We know what's going wrong. We know what we're doing wrong. Charlie, what do we need to do in January and also on the pitch in order to, to survive this season? Uh, well, I guess I'll start with first on the pitch, just because that's the, you know, something that can take place now. I would like to see us more attacking football. Um, mm. We're right now. I mean, the way we line up, it's playing for draws or occasional wins. And one of the biggest ways that we've been getting frustrated is those individual errors that Seb talked about. Whether it's Tete turning the wrong way, or you know, John Ruddy having a bad ball or mishandling something. I'd rather see us lose a match just because we were outbeaten overall than have to pick out one or two points and focus on And I think if we actually came out and played our own style where we tried to get the balls down the channels, we tried to move up in attacking, then if we lose 1-0 but we lose just because we were broken down on a counterattack, that, to me that seems a lot more acceptable than in the current system. But again, if we can bring in players that can that do we bring in people that are attacking or do we bring in people that want to play more defensive roles and i think that's one of the problems we have now cuz we we need a center back i don't think anyone argue with that mm. we need i'd like to see another right back if possible um maybe even another right midfielder that can be a little bit more defensive than redmond and maybe push him up higher uh but there's just so many holes that's the I guess that's the issue. There's not just one spot where you can say, hey, this or that. Because then if we bring in a bunch of forwards and just one center half, what do you do when you know, you start losing matches because the defense is breaking down mm. and then you're stuck with the talent? I think that's an issue. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a fact that... I mean, most teams, when they go out and sign in January, is because they're, they're, they've either got injuries and they've literally got no players in that position. Our problem is, is we've got players in every position... We've just got players that aren't good enough and aren't cut out. I mean, we've got, what, five forwards? We've got Kyle Lafferty, Lewis Graben, Cameron Jerome, Diamercy and Bacani. Um, am I missing anyone there? I don't think so. And Gary Hooper is obviously out on loan. 
I would argue that none of them strikers except for Dia Mercy and Makani are good enough. You then look at our centre-backs as well. Both of them, I'd say Ryan Bennett's probably good enough and Basong's good enough in his day. But we've got a lot of numbers, and, and but them numbers aren't really um, quality. I mean, as it's, it's this common phrase, quali um, quality over quantity. And I think that isn't what we've got at the moment. Um, Seb... We we didn't sign the players in the summer. I don't necessarily think it was completely Norwich City's fault and the board's fault and, and Alex Neal's fault. But we do need to, to look at their mistakes, see where we went wrong and, and try and learn from them, don't we? Going into, into what's a, probably the biggest transfer market in um, or the biggest transfer sort of uh, campaign in, in Norwich City's history. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, of course, there are some difficulties with um, signing players for Norwich. We don't. I think we've got the smallest wage budget in the whole league. I think uh, David McNally recently said that he now tells incoming players that they're only mm. twenty minutes outside of London because yeah. obviously Norwich, <laughs> even though it's like, that's that's a massive lie, especially with um, as you say the train system oh jesus christ it'll take about <laughs> four hours to get down there. it'll take as long for you to debate it if we uh if i let you um <laughs> yeah so it, it's not the most attractive prospect especially now so that we're in the bottom three and for european players that you know want to shot the premier league it's less of a, a prospect for them because they don't want half a season on to go down that would completely stutter their career that'd be a ricky van wilson because that's where you could end up um, mm. But at the same time, we, we do need to show... Well, hopefully we've been scouting players already because I think one of the problems in summer was not that we <clears throat> didn't aim for players, but we one, we aimed for players who were too good for us. And, I mean, we were looking at players like Mar coming from Marseille and Roma and all sorts. We need to be realistic as well as ambitious at the same time, but we need to know our limits. And also, we... Um, we, we throw in silly bids for different players, which were well below the asking price. I mean, it took us about two months to get Robbie Brady when... I know you've got to be competitive with your offer, but we put in something like two million to begin with and ended up signing him for seven. We, do, we don't have the time to dwell over transfer uh, deals in January, so it's got to be sharp, it's got to be efficient, because not only do we need good players, but we need three or four good signings, I think. I think we need, as you said... Russell Martin showed exactly why he cannot play centre-back ever again for Norwich City. And I'm, I'm not being melodramatic there. He was awful. And the fact that we improved in the second half is testament to the fact he went to right-back. Uh, since Matt Jarvis has been injured, we've been uh, lacking width. We've been lacking the option. Uh, we need a wide player. And strikers, was it four goals between them? Yeah. And, it's not quite... Uh... Yeah, well, five. Five. Yeah. Still. But that, if that's split between five players, so. Yeah, it, it's just not good enough, though, is it? That's not going to keep us up at that rate. Definitely not. Um, I have got some breaking news, though. This is being recorded on Tuesday, and Ricky Van Wolfswinkle has just scored for Real Betis. I repeat, Ricky Van Wolfswinkle has just scored. <laughs> For Real Betis. And we've got some more breaking news. Even more surprising. And he's Ipswich. been recalled. <laughs> Ipswich have just scored. And I think it took them 37 seconds against Fulham. So two very surprising 
Um, oh no, Sears scored after 18 seconds. 17, no, 17 is what the yeah, Skybet's saying. Well, well, well. Two of those unsurprising, well, surprising goal scoring feats so far coming in on this Tuesday night. Is Ricky Van Wolfswinkel the cure to our. our um... No, no, he's not. <laughs> and we can't use the volume anyway because it's an international loan. I've just seen the um, I've just seen the goal. It was a terrible finish. He nearly missed it. Um, anyway, that isn't the point. Um, Charlie, I mean, I, I've been asked this question tons on in, in the YouTube comments and on Twitter, and I've never got an answer. So I'm hoping that you might be slightly more well educated on the European side of football. But who would you want to sign in January? Because I've been thrown out there. Oh, we need a centre back. Oh, we need a striker. But I don't actually know who. Is there anyone out there that you'd like to see at Norwich City? Uh, I don't know. Well, you can't really base the people that you want off of football manager and uh, FIFA because that's what people do. It's like, oh, well, this guy mm. and that guy. Um, I think if you could go back to, do you remember in January or uh, July rather? David McNally said we're going to go for British-based players. Yeah. Um, because and, he's scared of going into the European market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that was the case. Well, does that mean that now that they're trying to do that, they're going to go send scouts over there and then just randomly go after people that they haven't been looking at throughout the season? Um, I don't know. It's tough because I'd rather us see – I don't want us going after championship players because I think we can do better than that. But – you know, I don't know if Norwich has a good international reputation. So you're bringing in guys from La Liga or Serie A. And, mm. um, even like when we got Kyle Lafferty, I remember thinking, oh, we got someone from Palermo. And then you think about it, oh, well, he, you know, he's been around in the UK. Yeah. Uh, what we don't want is Johan Almander. I can just imagine us signing someone like Johan Almander on deadline day. It's just so Norwich. Who was that striker we nearly signed and then decided we didn't want him in the summer? Uh, oh, like, what strikers weren't we linked with? No, no, but he, he literally had his medical. Oh, yeah, the Spanish guy. Um, um, oh. Who, who was basically El Manda reborn as a Spanish <laughs> Is that... six foot two uh, striker. And then didn't the agent slag us off? Yeah, I can't remember his name. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Dwight Gale come into the club and Naismith. Or one of the two, although I don't yeah. think they'd improve us, to be honest. I think Naismith might be solid, but it's at what price in January? I think um, you'd be looking at eight million minimum. Mm, um, and which is quite a lot for a player. I but d- then it, he's proven. He's proven, which is what we. Is need. he proven though? Because pff. I think he's been pretty solid for Everton, and considering he doesn't get first team action mm. that often, I think he'd be decent for someone like us. I mean, he but did- then if if we're going to splash the cash. I think Charlie Austin is the man. Yeah, I agree. But would Charlie Austin be willing to to come to a club like Norwich when he it's in the back of his head that you know Norwich could be in the position that not QPR are in at the moment because they're kind of run differently to us, but could be back in the Championship within a season. It's things like well, that, isn't it? Possibly, yeah. Um, but I just think that this whole Ricky Van Wolfswinkle signing that seems to have scared the whole of the board and, and, and just, just, just destroyed our whole scouting network seems to be so ridiculous. And, I, you know, I don't think the Ricky Van Wolfswinkle signing was a good one. Obviously, I'm not stupid, but it was a risk. It was a risk that brought in 
a lot of revenue from shirt sales and, and brought a lot of excitement to the club. Everyone thought, well not everyone, but I did, that we were gonna go on and, and do good things. Um, and they're the kind of signings that you need to make when you're a club like us, because if not, you just stagnate, you turn into like a, like a Burnley who are sort of like, not, I mean, Burnley, you know, didn't sign players. They went back down. Now they're, they're up near the top of the championship. The West Brom of yesteryear where you have a lot of average players and you're up and down the leagues. I don't want to be a club like that because I know we've got so much potential. And I, I talked about it in a few of my videos, a relationship that shouldn't be the case uh, at any football club is when you've got money in the bank and, and gaps in the squad. And at the moment, that's the relationship we've got. And I don't, I don't want to hear any excuses from David McNally or, or the board that players didn't want to come to Norwich City because I know that Norwich City is an attractive enough club to sign players of a good enough calibre to keep us in the league. If, we were, if we're correctly equipped, we're correctly prepared, we will sign good enough players this January. If we're not prepared enough, if we're not prepared to spend the money, then we won't sign players and we will go down. For me, it's as simple as that. Charlie, do you agree? Yeah, no, I definitely do. I think if we keep the team now, it's going to be something that comes down to deadline day. And, I mean, all of us looked at the schedule when, this, when it came out, the fixture list, and saw Everton away last match. I think Arsenal and United might be thrown in there. Yeah. They, they need to buy players, uh, just point blank. I think as long as we buy people sensibly and not just because we need to throw the cash out there, uh, obviously it's no secret how much money – the club can make if it stays up and even if it does stay up there are going to be problems because think about all the other teams they're still getting so much more off of sponsorships like I don't know what Corral will be giving instead of Aviva if they give anything after their tweets about uh (laughs) losing (laughs) at at Old Trafford but um I'm looking at now so it was uh Yaquin Larave, that was the guy we were after. Oh, yeah, Larave. That's yeah. the one. You know, I just don't think people like him are going to be people we need. Um, what we need is is not Kai Kamara, but someone a bit like Kai Kamara because <laughs> I have never seen a player on a football pitch who, when he gets the ball, there is literally everyone just holds their breath in anticipation. <laughs> I've never seen that I love on Kai any Kamara. other footballer. He just, he, he just jumped he the ball. He brought such excitement and he made things happen. He's not the, the, the sort of player we need to answer our problems. But we do need a signing who's going to reinvigorate the momentum that we've lost since the, the playoff final. But there's a very much a, a downward sort of mentality at the moment. And we definitely need um, a big signing a signing that's going to get the fans excited again and a signing that fans can get behind. Definitely. And and as I, as I come back, Seb, I, the Ricky Van Wolfswinkel sign, although it turned out horribly, it did bring that excitement, didn't it? Yeah, it did, absolutely. And, um, and that's what hopefully you need. We, we can have some quality alongside that. Yeah, if, 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 if the board spends cash on a marquee signing, it will bring excitement, whatever happens. And that mentality is sometimes enough to push you over the line. You know what? I'm just bored of the excuses that the board's coming out with. Um, I'm bored of the board. <laughs> I'm bored of the excuses. The reason I love Alex Neal so much is because he, he speaks the truth and he tell he's so transparent in the way that he lets us know what he's thinking and lets us know the way the club runs. He knew that we screwed up in the summer. And I think, you know, we've all heard different rumours and things. And I genuinely think we did try very hard to get players in in the summer. 
But the reason I don't think we got them players in is because we weren't fully prepared. And I think the preparation wasn't there. And if you've got a chief executive who's willing to take £300,000 bonuses, I would be preparing 24 hours a day to make sure that this club survives. Because as the, yeah. the man himself, Dave McNally, said, relegation is worse than death. Um, yeah, but what, what we don't want to do is just go and sign... I think we need to limit our loan deals. Because yeah. the thing is, with if you get someone in on loan for half a season... They're not going to be grafting as much as someone who yeah. is on the books. And if they don't put a, put a shift in, Norwich are going down and they won't have a Premier League squad uh, number. That's what you want. You want players who are going to come in and play for their place, play for their Premier League position as a footballer. Rather than, I mean, Ember Carney, as much as we want him, want to see him do well, he's on a big wage mm. and he'll go back to Dynamo Kiev next season. Mm. Um, and, it, you know, if Norwich go down, it won't be a massive loss to him. Definitely. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not going to speak about Mbakani, but quickly, I don't think um, he's going to be playing many more games for us. Um, I just don't, I don't think it's working out for him. Well, there was that rumour a few weeks back that he had a falling out. Yeah, no, I, I saw him in his car on um, the way home on Saturday and he just looked completely and utterly dejected. Uh, but he does have a very nice car, so he's doing and, okay. And a face that looks like that. <laughs> on a natural basis anyway. <laughs> um, and of course, there was that rumour flying about. I think that he apparently went into Notcut's garden centre and demanded for someone to push his trolley, which is, if if that's true, is <laughs> hilarious. And I'd pay to push the emergency and McCartney's trolley. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on to uh, <laughs> the, the quick-fire player ratings. As always, I'm extremely unprepared, much like our scouting team. Um... Has anyone got the team sheet up or is anyone willing to do the quick fire play ratings quick first? Um, I'm pulling it up now. Charlie, Seamless. you go for it. All right. Uh, Wisdom, five. Martin, four when he's a center back. Five when we went out wide. Uh, Basong, four. Bennett when he came in, five. Olsen, six. O'Neill, five. Tete, uh, six. Hulhan, seven. Redman, uh Six Brady, six Jerome, uh, we'll say five. I'm going to put a blanket vote of uh, a rating of four for everyone except Declan Rudd for the first half. And then I'm going to go for the second half rating of um, Basong, six, Martin, six at right back, Bennett, seven, got the assist for the header, Olsen, six, Tetty, uh, six, O'Neill, six, Redmond, six, Houlihan, um, a bit, he's a bit more influential, I think a lot of sixes here, uh, oh, he did get, I guess he got the goal, didn't he, um, Brady was a good ball in, I think he picked himself up a bit in the second half, but not, not, you know, overly inspiring, but it was an improvement in the second half. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not going to reflect on that first half because it was just woeful. I've never ever left um, a game early, but I did. I did just walk in the concourse in the 42nd minute because I couldn't take it anymore. It was just that bad. Um, yeah, at least we showed a certain determination to get back into the game, um, and it shows that we've got a good manager who can go into the dressing room and really kick his uh, or get his players back into gear. Um, I'm not going to do all of the players because I don't think some of them deserve ratings, to be honest. Um, I think Rudd was exceptional and is becoming a fantastic goalie. 
Goalie? That, that was very posh, wasn't it? Goalie. Uh, he's becoming a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, and he loves the club. And I, I really do rate Declan Rudd. Uh, we'll, we'll briefly touch on the whole John Ruddy situation a bit later on. Um, but I think Declan Rudd, if he continues this form, deserves to stay uh, as Norwich City number one for the rest of the season. Um, I think Ryan Bennett made a huge difference when he came in and um, just backs up the the argument of why he should be in the team instead of Russell Martin. I think everyone knows that except for um, Alex Neal. And the reason he's probably going in there is because he's the captain. Um, I thought... Gary O'Neill was okay. I think Russell Martin, um, not Russell Martin, I think Wes Houlihan and Redmond both need to step up their games because they are key players that are going missing far too often. I think that applies to Redmond a lot more than Wes Houlihan. Um, they're two players who can change games and at the moment they're not changing games and if we want to stay in the Premier League, they're going to need to start changing games. There's a lot of changing games in that sentence. Um, and I think Cameron Jerome, uh, I think the whole argument of he is a championship player, isn't he, Cameron Jerome? I think I, I was kind of convinced he'd score goals this season. Um, and then I remembered he couldn't finish. Anyone can run around a football pitch. I could run around a football pitch and put in 120% for 90 minutes. Uh, but I'm not a Premier League footballer and neither is Cameron Jerome. I don't think he's good enough to score goals. And it proved to us at the weekend um, that he's not good enough. He's cost us four points this season. He's missed... Um, he's... he's can, or meant that we didn't beat Everton, although, you know, we were kind of lucky to come away with a draw. But at the end of the day, if he scores that, we come away with a win. And he did cost us the full three points against Stoke as well with a few big misses. So if you get a striker in there who scores goals, you start picking up more points. It's as simple as that. Um, God, I'm ruthless tonight. God, all of the, all of the anger's coming out. Um, anyway, let's briefly... Um, actually, no, no, let's finish this Everton segment with a fan cam. Um, I caught up with Andy and he was kind of controversial. I don't think he meant to be. I think he was just very optimistic about the season. But he said that there's not actually that much wrong with this team and that we're very close to becoming a very good side. Joined here with Andy. Um, I'll let you speak because I don't know what question to throw at you after that. Well, I thought it was like chalk and cheese first half and second half. Um, I think the thing is we weren't playing very well first half obviously but it was really fine margins while we weren't playing well passes were just getting cut out and they were just going astray and when they clicked second half we looked really really good obviously first half they weren't coming off we we're getting picked off and Everton should have been full up half time no I think we're trying to play really quickly we're trying to play high tempo one touch football and... I think because I just saw long balls being punted from my, from where I was sitting well maybe occasionally but you've got Cam and Jerome up there the, the strength of Cam and Jerome is his pace and his strength he can't finish as we've seen but he is strong <laughs> So if you've got two defenders up top who aren't that quick, which Stones and uh, Floyd, whatever his name is, the other guy, yeah, he, they're both brilliant defenders, but they're not that quick over the ground. So yeah, I hit him on the break fast, fine, but yeah, we looked much better second half when the when the little passes were coming off. Definitely, Declan Rudd, we've got to speak about him. What a fantastic performance he had again out there today. Yeah, he's absolutely superb. I, f I felt really sorry for Declan Rudd at half time when people booed. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, it's a minority, but I don't know what they're booing. Like, I don't know how they think that's going to help the real difference was just our passes were going to feet and we were controlling the ball when we got it that was the big difference we, it meant we kept the ball it meant we played in their half instead of uh, constantly getting turned and being broken on for me we were dire in the first half one of the worst perform first half performances I've seen from Norwich City you don't think it was that bad then well it, it clearly looked bad and it, it wasn't great but I think we were trying to play the right way 
and it wasn't coming off and we were getting picked off. Second half, we didn't actually change anything really at half-time. It's the same system. Yeah. We're still trying to play the same sort of football. Second half, it came off. We looked mm. brilliant. First half, it wasn't coming off. Mm. We looked terrible. We were kind of unlucky and lucky. We were massively lucky to go in one deal down yeah. and we were unlucky to come away 1-1. I haven't been Cameron Jones' biggest fan from the start. I think he's got all the attributes to be a world, well, a proper Premier League yeah. striker. And he just doesn't do it often enough. And that miss is a, is a good example of when he gets into a brilliant position, he doesn't take it. But that said, Lukaku, 30 million, he missed two, exactly yeah, the same in the first half. So yeah. Yeah, there's no guarantees in football. But yeah, we, we could do a centre-half and a striker in January. So that was Andy, uh, who caught up with me after the game. We'd done a little fan cam. He was really optimistic. I was pretty optimistic at the time. Um, well, I, I, I am still optimistic. Um, Seb, do you kind of agree with Andy that we're, it's very fine margins in this Premier League and, and we are close to, to winning games and, and looking decent? Or do you think we're just, we're just crap? No, I think we are close to winning games. But unfortunately, recently, it's not even been a case of good collective performances being foiled by individual mistakes. Recently, it's been poor collective performances accompanied with uh, individual mistakes. Mm. And to be honest, we... I don't, I don't like to just look at stats and look at form and think, you know, that's completely representative. But one win in twelve is not—it's no good. It's, it's, you got it. <laughs> it doesn't—it doesn't matter how how well we play across ninety, well, across whatever section in that game it is that we do, and then not win the game. We've got to start picking up points greater than we are. It doesn't matter if the performances are good, and recently they haven't been. Uh, it's all about the points, and at the moment we're not getting them. Yeah, that's that's too right. I think I think you're sort of coming to the same point as me. You're you're just bored of excuses. The bored of oh, we played well and didn't get what you deserve. If you play well enough, if you put in good performances in week in week in week out, you'll get the results. Um, and we're not doing that at the moment. Hence why we're not getting the results. Um, anyway, let's get to something a bit more cheery. Um, we put out a question, and the question was if you were or if you were to pick a player to, to join up with in Secret Santa, uh, if you don't know what Secret Santa is, you can pick a name out of a hat and you've then got to buy that person a present. Normally under a fi under five pounds, um, but you know, if you're rich, you can maybe up it to 10 pounds. Um, but we put the question out, who would you pick and what would you buy them? Once again, we've got quite a few similar answers. I think that's because we're all, you know, great minds think alike and all that. Um, Adam, although this isn't a current Norwich City player, Adam at AJ Ward would buy Leroy Furson bottle. Um, <laughs> slightly harsh. Um, Alan Cole would buy John Ruddy some boxing gloves. <laughs> um, Harry, the previous winner of, I think he's won three a WeChat uh, Question of the Week awards, he would buy Alex Tete a brand new knee. Um, hopefully one that isn't made out of fairy <laughs> dust and orphan tears. <laughs> Sorry, he, he did actually tell me to stick up for him last week. So <laughs> just gave him a little laugh there. Harry, I'll, expect, um, I'll, I'll expect the money in my account <laughs> by next week. Uh, another <laughs> solid answer from Harry. I got um, one from, uh, that I don't think you guys got. Um, one of my friends, so he's actually from Canada, bless his soul. <laughs> he said... Uh, he said, Russell Martin, and I'd get him a knockoff Russell Martin Blue Jays jersey from AliExpress. So, basically... <laughs> yeah, please explain. Um, Russell Martin... <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Russell Martin has uh, another Russell Martin out there who is a professional mm -hmm. baseball player and is actually one of the all-stars in the league. So, as I would tweet out 
you know, during the season last year about Russell Martin, this and that, people would be getting confused because they couldn't figure out which one was which. Uh, oh. So he's saying he would just get the other Russell Martin, a couple Toronto Blue Jays baseball jerseys from uh, AliExpress, which is, I think it's, well, it is illegal. Uh, you can probably <laughs> get a jersey for five pounds there. So, Wow. A bit, a bit of explaining, but yeah, Jordan's got it. Got it nice. figured out there. <laughs> Good old <laughs> Harry. Um, I'm going to pick a winner, and it is a winner that we haven't had before. He goes by the name of Alan Tompkins, at Viperman17. And for Secret Santa, this is a very expensive Secret Santa, but one that I'm sure Alan will get his money worth from. He is going to buy Lewis Graben a one-way ticket to Australia. Uh, <laughs> uh, harsh, Why Australia? <laughs> probably because it's the furthest point from... From Norwich, maybe. I suppose it'd be New Zealand, even further yeah. than that. Anyway, Lewis Graben, hello Hyundai Ailey. If you sent him to Ipswich, um, you could actually go back in time at the same time as well. <laughs> oh. Ooh. All right, here's last. Okay, for three pounds, you can get a Kyle Lafferty on the cover, Norwich versus Brentford official program because that's just the most memorable match that we had. Well, that's that's um, worth noting as well. He's uh, on the front, on the January month of the calendar this year because that's usually the person who gets sold. Oh, on January, yeah. I don't just know. Picture the have stadium. You, have you got just the answer? Around. No, I don't know. If anyone knows, <laughs> tweet me. If, yeah, if anyone know, if anyone has a Norwich City calendar, the 2016 one, yeah. Um, anyway, Seb, we've also got another new segment. Loads of fun stuff on this week's podcast. Um, the Facebook Fan Forum Pick of the Week. Um, if you don't know what the Facebook Fan Forums are, there's a few of them. I'm subscribed, or, you know, I like a few of them. And basically, they're Facebook groups where Norwich City fans come together and put in the most deluded opinions possible. Um, Seb, have we got any fantastic entries this week? We have indeed, Jack. Um, oh, I'm excited. I mean, the, the nice thing about these groups is that they're supposed to encourage participation and you know, a <laughs> range of thoughts. I mean, it doesn't necessarily always come out that well, though. I mean, we've got one here. I won't mention names, just not to offend anyone particularly, but all this talk about Declan Rudd getting man of the match, how does any Norwich player deserve to get anything after the performance yesterday, Declan Rudd let in one goal. Maybe next, let Jake Keane start <laughs> against against who? I don't know. He doesn't men. He doesn't mention, and see what he is like. Because now we are in the relegation zone. If we don't beat Man United in Saturday, then I think Alex Neil will be sacked. Cause one win in twelve league games is rubbish. Nice. I think a future on match of the day awaits for that man. For that man. Very nice. And then, but to counter such negativity, we have, <laughs> uh, if I can just find it, here we go. I mean, this is an absolute gem. <laughs> uh, uh, some of the things that get posted in these fan forums, <laughs> you don't know what to expect, but this, this is, <clears throat> let me just compose myself. <laughs> Always believe in your soul. <laughs> You've got the power to know you're indestructible. Spelt wrong with the wrong your. <laughs> <laughs> always believe in <laughs> and we've got the second verse hang on <laughs> always believe in your soul you've got the <laughs> it's just the same thing again you're indestructible spelt wrong always believe in but he 
he doesn't actually write what you're supposed to believe in. It's just always <laughs> believe in. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's brilliant. And then, as usual, there's a there's a nice flavouring of misogynistic, <laughs> sexist points just thrown in there, which. You know, you either report or you skip past them and just try not to be influenced by it by any means. But yeah, I, th- I think those two for this week will finish that section up nicely. No, what a lovely, um, what a lovely input there from from some Norwich fans. By the way, we don't have anything against these Norwich forums. Um, I post in them quite a bit. Um, it's just some people you just wonder where these opinions come from. And some of the stuff on there is like borderline, racist, sex, not even borderline, it's just sexist, racist, homophobic. Um, and normally then people get banned, to be fair. So that's all cool. Um, so yeah, Let us, if you've got any Facebook fan forum gems, tweet us. Uh, the handles will be in the description of SoundCloud, YouTube, and also iTunes. Um, by the way, this is a nice little uh, segment to say if you haven't already subscribed to our iTunes podcast, do so because if it, it then automatically downloads into your podcast app on your iPhone uh, or iPod or any other Apple device. Um, so quickly moving on, uh, let's keep this brief. Manchester United up at the weekend. They've just lost to Bournemouth. Um, Charlie, do you see any hope for us? Um, yeah, theoretically, but I don't think it'll actually play out. I'm just predicting a loss. I think we come in Old Trafford, and we're a little too defensive once again, and it's going to cost us. And I think it, this is probably the first match where I'm just saying, go mm. for it. Guns blazing. If we lose 3-0, so be it, if it means that we're trying to, you know, do something creatively. Because if we... If we don't do it, we're just going to be back in the same hole asking the same questions without getting any different answers. Yeah, I think that's very fair, Seb. I think we're going to get battered. <laughs> Absolutely battered. Um, just because United won't mess up to Bournemouth and Norwich in consecutive weeks. that It will be typical, oh, United aren't doing too well at the moment. Uh, and then along come Norwich to get them back to winning ways. Um, and we, we don't have a very good record at Old Trafford at all. And to be honest, I, I can't really see that changing anytime soon. So, yeah, especially with the current form, I just think it's going to be 3 0, 4 0, Manchester United. Yeah, that is a very typical scoreline at Old Trafford as well, isn't it? I think the 3 0 yeah. and 4 0 is a very popular one. Well, it's because if they score one or two, it just then sort of ends up going into three or four yeah. in like the last 10 minutes because we just can't hold on. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think we're going to get bad, but I think we're going to lose mainly because United don't score many, but they also don't concede many. Um, you know, I think it's just going to be one of them boring two nils, and I'm really glad I'm not in the country because I, I would have probably gone and been coming home from Manchester bitterly disappointed, much like um, when we came home from Manchester City. So that kind of wraps up the the end of the podcast. Um, shall we do score predictions or not? Well, I've just offered mine, so. Yeah, no, let's skip it this week. Let's skip it. And hopefully that means we'll win. Um, anyway, this has probably been one of the most depressing podcasts ever. If, you li- if you've listened to this point, I hope you're still okay. Um, but no, thanks for listening as always. Um, leave the uh, podcast a like on YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to us on iTunes. That way you'll never miss out on uh, another episode. Um, I think the next episode is now going to be after the new year. 
uh, because I'm going to Asia for a couple of weeks um, and I'm sure Seb and Charlie don't want to be chatting about Norwich City over their festive break. So we will see you in 2016 for hopefully a more optimistic look at Norwich City. Guys, thanks very much and we will see you very soon. <laughs>